Hey everyone, it's Nick Larovere. I think Citizen Kane is overrated. You heard me right. Founder of Storyteller, director and producer, TotalStoryteller.com. Today, uh, this episode is a 2020 New Year's episode. I wanted to review the most important things I think we should think about going into 2020 uh, in regards to our filmmaking and really our lives in general, uh, because I I think of myself this way. I'm sure I'm not the only one. The the filmmaking, the creative aspect is kind of an inseparable part of my life. I'm a creative human being. That's how I was born. And so um, pursuing those things is just kind of a given. Um, and it has a lot to do with my nature, my human nature as a person. So uh, with that, I've got 15 things I'm going to cover. And... Starting with number one, get the most obvious out of the way, and that is you need to learn the art and craft of good storytelling. Actual good storytelling first, spectacle second. So focus on learning those important things, um, getting good performances from actors, good casting, um, story structure, writing, uh, the good storytelling part, right? Getting pretty visuals and special effects and action and all those things, those are good to learn too. I'm not saying don't do them at all, of course, but um, those are not the things that will keep people around. If you want to be a good storyteller, you need to focus on good storytelling, of course. So the second thing is connect with others. Foster relationships. Relationships are our most valuable asset as filmmakers and as directors in particular, producers too, but... Uh, people are our most important assets uh, because they're the ones that are going to get the work done. Um, that's all there is to it. Uh, you're not a, a one-man, one-woman army. You're not out there making the film all by yourself. Most likely, if you want to do anything of any significance and that's really good, you're going to have a team, right? And if you want people who are there, who are willing to um, go the extra mile for you, um, you need to foster relationships with people. And that might sound kind of like, oh, I'm just going to do this so I can get what I want. I mean, that does happen, but that's not actually what I mean. I mean, have genuine relationships with people. Uh, and, and those people, if you actually care about them and vice versa, they're going to support you as you support them. Uh, and that enriches your filmmaking experience. And it, it means that you have people that you can rely on when the time comes. And some ways that you can foster relationships uh, and, and make connections, networking, is work on other people's sets. Help out. You're going to meet new people. Um, that's just the way it works. And you're doing it in an environment where you're working hard, you know, you're getting stuff done. It's an opportunity to actually get to know how people are and how they behave in sometimes stressful situations. And that tends to be people's true nature as opposed to when everything's easy. Bottom line is get out of the house, go to events, get involved in stuff, and you're going to meet people, uh, make an effort. I am naturally introverted. I tend to not want to do that. I tend to want to sit in the house and write or do whatever else that is not meeting people, but you cannot let yourself just sit around because you're not going to meet any new people. Three, discipline is the key to success as a creative person. I think not just as a creative person, but as any person, discipline is a key to success. 
but I think it's even more important as someone who is creative. Um, I may not be speaking for everyone, but I think based on my observation of myself and others I know, people who are have creative personalities tend to be less organized, less together, um, less deliberate, less able to follow through 100%. And I think that's not necessarily bad. It's just the other side of the coin. Um, I think someone who is able to come up with lots of ideas and is able to to come up with stuff on the spot is creative. They're kind of all over the place, right? And that's part of the creative aspect because you're you're out there. You're thinking outside of the box. But it also means you're out there thinking outside of the box and all over the place, which makes it hard to be all together and um, focused and working toward a single singular goal, going in a single direction in, a, in an efficient manner. So ironically, as a creative person, you have to place restrictions on yourself and constrain yourself in order to do your best creative work. Because while you may have a moment of inspiration and you just go off and you're able to work for five hours and just create something really cool or, uh, you know, write out a great idea, that's one day. What about the next day and the next day and the next day and the weeks and months to come, the years to come? You're just going to rely on that occasional burst of energy and inspiration. That That's the problem is that's not... That may be fine if you just want to enjoy creating something once in a while, but in terms of having any legitimate long-term success, that's not going to work because you need um, you need to be making a little bit of progress every day. It's those long-term gains. That's what does it. So you need to restrict yourself. Um, and uh, one thing that I've talked about, I talked about in my ebook, Liberated, and I've talked about in emails and stuff, is something called a Ulysses strategy. I did not come up with this, but I do love it, so I talk about it. Um, there's this guy, Neil Strauss. Uh, he's a psychologist. And Ulysses, uh, um, otherwise known as Odysseus in uh, Greek mythology, uh, was sailing. And basically, he knew that he was coming up on an area where there were sirens. It was a dangerous area. And if he heard their song, he would be compelled by their song to leap into the ocean and and be drowned in the process, but they had to get through that area. So what he did was he had, um, he still needed to navigate and be able to kind of have some awareness of what was going on around. Um, so that, you know, they could, they could traverse the area successfully. But what he had his crew do was all stuff their ears full of wax. So they couldn't hear the siren song. Um, and then tie him to the mast of the ship and leave, you know, he could still hear, um, so he wasn't able to actually physically free himself, um, but he was still able to hear. And so that way he planned going into it, knowing that there was this obstacle he was going to have to encounter and putting himself in a situation so that there was no way he could fail, even at his worst, which would be to be compelled by the song to drown himself. Uh, so the, the quote from Neil Strauss here using that story is, a Ulysses strategy is a way to tie your worst self to the mast so that your best self can be set free. So, yeah, you, you restrict yourself. You put boundaries and structures around yourself, understanding your limits, your weaknesses, and, and your habits um, so that you don't even have the issue of, of messing up. Like, 
maybe an example might be you have a common distraction that you have a really hard time not being distracted by your phone. And it's like, all right, it's time for me to focus. It's time for me to do my writing that I do every week or whatever it might be. Put your phone in the other room, uh, turn it off, you know, religiously make a habit of doing that or have someone that you, you live with or someone that you know, hey man, or put a calendar in, um, reminder for yourself, time to turn off your phone and then do it. Turn off your phone, put it in the other room. You're avoiding the possibility of even being distracted because your phone is off or um, on do not disturb in the other room. So you're, you're, you're putting yourself in the best possible situation there. So I, I won't go any more into the weeds on that, but that's what a ULC strategy is. And that's one way you can help place restrictions on yourself as a creative person so you can focus and do better work and, and find success. Uh, discipline at the end of the day, it's a mix of behaviors and habits that make up what you do every day, right? It's who you are over the long term that determines where you're going to go. Uh, a person who works out every day and is in good shape would be considered disciplined, but all it is is a culmination of a habit that they've, they've had in place, right? Working out every day, you know, a little bit at a time, um, eating properly every day. It's not like they're going necessarily and working out in the gym for three hours every day, like super intense, right? They might just be exercising 30 minutes every other day and eating properly. It's not that extreme, but that would be considered disciplined. And so you see the results over the long term. Uh, thus, what you decide to do when you're feeling tired and lazy largely defines the kind of person you are. So it really helps to understand yourself in that manner. Your life is your responsibility. So nobody is going to come rescue you. or You, you can't assume anyone's going to come rescue you from your own bad habits. So you just need to understand that. And it's freeing, really. Uh, a quote I like from Jocko Willink, the uh, Navy SEAL, ex-Navy SEAL commander, is uh, discipline equals freedom. I really believe that. So, number four is learn to appreciate what you have and enjoy the journey. Um, bottom line is, it this is a painful truth. I have some. I don't like to think about it, frankly, but uh, I've come to accept it. Not everyone reaches notoriety or the success that we had hoped that we would have um, in the creative realm as as a filmmaker, because Frankly, there's only so many there's only so many opportunities. Now you can find a different kind of opportunity. Maybe maybe the thing that you thought you were aiming for is not even where you end up and but it, you end up in a place that you still like. because uh, there's all sorts of opportunities in the world. Um, and priorities change and life plans change. But uh, regardless, even if you don't reach the place you want to as a filmmaker, there's value in the struggle. And the process of pursuing that goal. Um, you know, if you are enjoying the time you have with your crew and working on films and making films, the, having those experiences and um, forming relationships with awesome people, and that enriches your life, then that, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, and even if I stopped filmmaking today and I never got to do it again, I would still say, uh, everything I did was 100% worth my time. I made some amazing friends that are lifelong friends. 
I've learned some incredibly valuable skills. You know, I've gotten out of my comfort zone. I've become a better person. I'm more disciplined. I am just, you know, there are a lot of benefits to trying something that's difficult. So it's not, it was never a waste of time. So learn to appreciate what you have and enjoy the journey. Number five, do your best work, but don't be a perfectionist. I am a perfectionist. I want everything to be just right. But first off, art is not a science, so there is no perfect formula. So what is perfect? That's not really a thing. Uh, it's always going to be open to interpretation, even if you are the most excellent of filmmakers, which I am not. I'm not Steven Spielberg, so my work is not even close to optimal. But um, so for that reason and for the fact that you're going to be continually learning and improving, you need to learn to quit when you start getting diminishing returns. If you're 90, 95% there, it's like you could spend hours and hours, days and days tweaking and tweaking and re-edit this and do that and ask for feedback on this or that thing and then reach you know color it and you could do any number of things to a film uh any step in the in the process but at some point you just need to decide look it's not going to be perfect uh, this is a learning experience i largely accomplished what i wanted or or maybe you didn't but it's like it's not worth my t you have to make a decision at what point it's worth your time to continue working on that thing wrap it up in a neat little ball you know put it somewhere and then move on and do another project because you're going to take those experiences and you're going to, you're going to use them for your next project. And it's going to be that much better. Number six, frequently challenge yourself, get out of your comfort zone. I think this is super important. Um, and this isn't just a filmmaking thing. I do think you should challenge yourself with each project you do, you know, try one or two things that you haven't tried before. Uh, you might surprise yourself, you know, and hey, don't be afraid to try something experimental or you're not even sure how it's going to turn out. Um, you might surprise yourself there too and like, wow, okay, that actually worked and I didn't expect it to or I didn't know how people would react when they saw that. Um, for example, I did that with statistics, the, one of the last short films I did, in that I had this creature, well, I had two things that I was experimenting with. One was you never see the creature in this little creature feature kind of horror short. You never see it. You only hear it the whole time. And I just wanted to see what can I do when you only hear, right? It's largely based on sound design, the story, and music. Uh, and that was fun. That was a fun process. And it it worked pretty well. Um, but I got to see at the extremes what works and what doesn't. Uh, and I think I do need a, a little bit of visual. I think trying to 100% rely on sound is challenging at best. Um so, yeah, try new things. Embrace your fears and run boldly toward challenges. I think uh, don't let those things kind of jump on top of you. Um, I'll get to being passive in it you know, later. But you should proactively um, try to overcome fears and, and accept new challenges of your own accord. Instead of just because they're thrust upon you and, oh, now i got to do this thing. You know, that's going to happen, but um, you're going to progress a lot more quickly if you're proactive. I think if you're not uncomfortable, you probably aren't learning a whole lot. 
I think that you should not decide to not do something just because it seems difficult and you don't want to. Like, mm, yeah, I don't really want to do that. I know it's going to be challenging, blah, 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 blah. I think that may be a good reason to actually just do it. Like, huh, is there a reason other than just I think it's going to be difficult and I don't feel like I want to approach that? Is that the only reason I'm making the decision not to do it? Don't let that stop you. Um, be like, you know what? This is going to be difficult, but it's what needs to be done or it's what I need to do in, in order to learn how to do um something you should go for it don't let it stop you i'll leave you with a quote which is by Th thomas apong i think that's how you say it nearly everything that generates enduring value requires effort focus and a discomfort uh, i'm young but i've certainly found that to be the case in pretty much everything in my life uh, in the moment it seems very challenging and maybe i I don't want to be there in that moment, but a lot of those things, I'm, I end up being very proud that I was able to successfully complete them or that I, I made the decision to start doing it in the first place. Number seven, half the battle is showing up. That's it. Uh, I watched a, a video, Casey Neistat and um, Jocko Willink, and Jocko makes an interesting point there um, that kind of goes along this line. He, he says, when you wake up early in the morning, you get up really early. You know, he, he says 4.30 a.m., but I'm like, eh, maybe I'll do like 5.30 or maybe 5.15. I don't know. But anyway, he says that alarm clock goes off. You roll over. You hear it. It's annoying. You want to go back to sleep. The, the warm pillow is calling to you. Uh, the embrace of the warm pillow in bed. Get a, getting out of bed, turning that alarm off, and then not going back to bed, staying up and starting your day, that's a victory. Now you can be like, all right, I'm up. Now I can attack the next thing that needs to be done for today. So each little progressive thing that you're able to accomplish is a vic another victory for the day. I found that to be the case for sure for going to the gym. I get up in the morning. All right, I'm up. I'll... I'll I don't really, now I'm up, I'm awake, I might as well get dressed and start heading over to the gym. I get to the gym, maybe I'm feeling particularly tired that day. It's like, well, I'm already here, so what, I'm just going to sit around for an hour? I don't really feel like working out, but I'm, I'm here. I might as well do something. You know, even if you do a little bit, and I only, I did a super weak workout um, that wasn't something I could be proud of necessarily, it's better than doing nothing at all. And if you did that consistently, if I did even that week 20-minute workout consistently, I'm going to be way better off later than I was if I had done nothing at all. Uh, and I think that will apply to any creative thing as well. If you're sitting down and you need to do storyboards or you need to do your writing for the week or what have you, sit down, put away the distractions, open up my program, sit there until you start working. It's like, I'm already here. I might as well show if I've shown up. I might as well do the work now, or at least do something. Half the battle is showing up. Number eight is have a system to allocate your time. Uh, I call it time segmentation, and you're breaking up your schedule, your day, into little blocks of time where you can get a project accomplished, or at least make a good amount of progress on a project. Uh, and I, 
I do blocks because I think it's difficult to, you need a few minutes to kind of get ramped up your brain to kind of get focused on a task. I can't just like that, get into a topic. I need probably like 15 minutes to really get, get flowing. And, um, some people it's different, but anyway, that's how it is for me. I think that you need to have a system to allocate your time, assign your time, uh, your spare time in particular, or you're going to waste it because you're going to have, Oh, look, I've got two hours. You know, it'd be really nice if I did X, Y, Z thing. You're going to sit there at your computer. You're going to sit on your phone. Oh, would you look at that? 20 minutes have passed. Well, now I have even less time. I don't even know if it's like worth starting now. You know, you have, you start, you just waste time. If you're like, I know that from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm supposed to be working on my website. I'm supposed to be writing. I'm supposed to be uh, networking. You're going to be like, I know what my goal is and what I'm trying to accomplish later today. And um, if you fail to do that and use that time as you've allocated it, you know that you've failed. I think that's an important part of it is knowing that you have failed yourself because if you have no metric to measure against, if, if that time really wasn't dedicated to anything, then you really haven't failed because it's like, ah, eh, whatever. It was just empty time. It's like, I would have liked to have done that thing, but whatever. But if you have a goal for that time, then it, it's a lot different. And, and the other thing, as far as allocating your time and having a system, don't allow yourself to use the lie that you don't have enough time that's not a thing that's not a real thing of course there's only 24 hours a day seven days a week but you will always have time for the things that are most important to you the things that are a priority so it's don't be dishonest with yourself it's it's okay if you really don't have the time quote unquote but be honest with yourself in saying okay i i could make the time for this task that i want to do However, uh, this other thing of taking care of my family or whatever the other thing is takes priority right now and that's what I want to work on or that's what I need to do. That's fine. Then you're, you're not just saying, oh, woe is me. The universe take, has the wheel. I just don't have the time. You're making a conscious decision. You're, you have a conscious understanding of what your priorities are and you're making a conscious choice between two priorities. And that's awesome. Um, being aware and having your eyes open to to that reality is way better um, and is going to serve you much better. So that's about it for that. Number nine, set goals and review them frequently. This isn't too unlike the allocating your time, um, except it's just longer term. Uh, it is amazing how much having long-term goals, uh, you know, short, medium, long-term goals helps. Um, and more than just having like, I would like to make a movie by, by December, 2020. It's more than that. It's thinking about understanding and internalizing your deep seated desires, right? What are those things you really want with your life and understanding those and then figuring out, well, how, how am I going to get there? What, you know, I may not have all the answers or be able to map out my whole life for exactly have the right answer, but at least you can lay out some kind of plan, even if it's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do for the next 10 years. I mean, I, I don't even know how to think that far out, but like, what about the next six months? What about the next three ninety 90 days, three months? 
You can break that down into weeks. Okay, well, what do I need to do this week, next week, and the week after to meet that goal that's in 90 days? You can really break it down. And if you know what you really, really want, then it helps with that. And um, if you've internalized it, write it down, post it up on the wall, and you see it every day. It's like, well, I didn't move any closer to that goal today because I was lazy or because I had to focus on something else that was more important which is fine, but at least you know and you can measure your own progress. I think that goals are a great reference point and they've been very motivating to me because you can see when you're making progress, you can be like, wow, that's where I was a year ago. That's awesome. If you aren't measuring that, you're just kind of floating in space with no reference point and it's going to look like you haven't moved at all even if you have. And that's demotivating. Number 10 is don't be passive. I call it passive filmmaker syndrome. I get this from time to time, just like everyone else. You should be the person that makes things happen. Don't wait much on other people. Don't wait for others to do things if it's holding you back. I'm not saying to walk on people. That's not what I mean by that. I just mean... Um, it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I'm waiting on John to uh, get me this thing before I can uh, before I can put out my casting call because I just don't. It's it's okay to wait a reasonable amount of time for things to happen, you know, so that you have things lined up. But if it's like, well, it's been a week and I don't have the thing that I needed, so like that that is a an excuse. That's a trap you're letting yourself fall into to be lazy. I've done it many times. Um, don't allow that to be a trap. You know what? Say, you know what? I need to get this done because I really want to make this film happen. I can no longer wait on John. I'm going to find a way and make a way to make this happen and get this casting call out now because uh, I'm not going to allow... John does not have my priorities because you know your buddy who's helping you with casting has his own life and his own priorities and... This casting may be priority two on my list, and it may be priority 20 for him, and that's fine um, if, unless you ex- you and him had a, an agreement that it would be different than that, but you just need to not be passive and be the one that makes things happen. Be a force of creation. Don't just sit around. Don't wait for good or bad things to happen to you. Get out there and aggressively pursue your goals. Uh, be known as a kind of person that gets things done. Don't be a couch potato. Number 12. Don't compare yourself to other filmmakers. This might seem odd to you. And I don't think it hurts to be like, oh yeah, I'd really like to make good movies like Steven Spielberg or Ron Howard or whoever, you know, whatever. Um, I think it's different to compare yourself to those big, big people because they're almost like, imaginary figures to me they don't really feel like real people like i know in my head that they're real people but they're they're just a it's like a superhero (laughs) they don't exist i don't know i don't know how else to explain it but anyway what i mean is don't compare yourself to people that you know who are who are filmmakers or even people that seem um a few steps ahead of you i have fallen in i think this is also a trap where you can see people around you are getting opportunities. Um, they're, they're being successful, or at least 
they you perceive them to be successful or doing the things that you want to do and it can make you jealous uh, and be kind of painful irritating it can it can give you a negative attitude I think that's harmful and it's not an accurate representation for you to go off of people are not their social profiles they're not their social media profiles they have a life with problems issues challenges victories just like you do and social media is not an accurate representation of that you're only seeing probably their successes uh, you don't know what kind of issues they have going on and no one is like you um, you have your own um, strengths and weaknesses and it's not really um, the best measuring stick another person but you know who is the best measuring stick for you is you you need to use yourself as a measuring stick. So I have a good quote here uh, by William Cho. The person you were yesterday is your permanent competitor. If to avoid that jealousy, to maintain a positive attitude, um, and to uh, make sure that you're actually improving continually, just look at how you were yesterday. Whatever uh, measure you're using, whatever skill you're trying to measure, are you better at it today than you were yesterday? Just keep working on that. If you're doing that a little bit at a time, you're getting better a little every day um, or over time, that's going to make a big difference and you're going to avoid those those negative attitudes that, that come from comparing yourself to other people. And the thing is that there's always going to be someone who's more accomplished than you, like at whatever strata you're at. <laughs> so even su I'm sure even super successful directors and, and different people they have someone that they feel like is better than them in a particular area, and there is some area of life. Um, but they, you know, if they allow themselves to get into that trap of comparing themselves to the people around them and letting that affect them negatively, that's not good. They, they can fall into the same issue. Number 13 is be around people who you want to be like. I'll keep this one simple spend time with people who are honest who are honest with you and will keep you accountable. People who actually care about you and will tell you the truth and um, will give you their opinion and help you become a better person. The people who you spend a lot of time around, you're going to start becoming like them. It's just how people work. People are social animals. Number 14, don't let people walk all over you. Simple enough, right? Should go without saying, right? But... It's really easy to do, especially when you're doing something that you love doing and you see an opportunity and you really, really want that opportunity. But I think um, there is too much of a cost for certain things. I think that some things aren't worth the trade-off, frankly. Your time is valuable and you should decide how valuable your time is based on what's being offered to you in exchange for your time, for your work, for your commitment, and your uh, and based on what your experience level is. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with volunteering your time to a project. I think I have worked on many projects where I volunteered my time, both when I was getting started and didn't know anything, and, you know, even recently, um, for people I don't know who are learning and need some extra help and don't ha have anyone to help them, and people I know and like, and want to support and offer my time. 
there's nothing wrong with that. Those can be good experiences, and sometimes it's nice to help people out. However, you need to, A, understand when that they'll be able to figure things out without you. It really doesn't work for you. Um, you need to be able to say no. It's, at the end of the day, it's only a film. So if you have more important priorities in your life, don't be afraid to say no. Lastly, you need to be able to identify someone who's being manipulative or trying to uh, use you. I'm not sure how, other than experience and seeing what that kind of behavior looks like, that you can identify that. Um, I think if someone, if you feel your spidey senses tingling in the past, honestly, um, once I have had dealt with one or two people like this, or I'm like, okay, and I start to get into a situation and maybe uh, potentially work with someone where something just doesn't feel right, or I, I feel like there's something else going on uh, in the background, that's usually a pretty good indicator. Uh, there are definitely red flags that are thrown up uh, as you go. The problem is when you really, really want to work on a project or you see this potential opportunity and you're looking at it, you're going to be inclined to ignore those red flags. So you just have to keep an eye out for them and think, okay, I need to know and understand for myself going into this meeting or whatever or this conversation with this person that I do not need this project. It's not the end of the world if I don't get it. There will be future opportunities, and it's okay. And it's just like walking into um, trying to make a big purchase like buying a car or whatever, you don't want to be so attached to, I need that particular car. When you go to talk to the car salesman, that they have more power over you in negotiation. It works the same way for a film project. If you are so clearly desperate to have that, that gig or that opportunity, um, there some people will use that to their advantage uh, to manipulate you. So just don't care. <laughs> like don't care too much about any one particular opportunity there will be more in the future so that's all i'll say about that and last but certainly not least um this i have some pretty strong opinions on this and that is 15 don't be a slave to your filmmaking not everyone may agree with me on this point um but i've seen too many times, well, let me explain what I mean by don't be a slave to your filmmaking. Uh, this kind of ties into letting people take advantage of you. If you want it being whatever your, your filmmaking goal is, your aspirations, if you want that so badly that the other things in your life suffer and your filmmaking becomes a harmful obsession instead of an, an enjoyable pursuit, um, then that's not good. Um, that is not a healthy place to be. Um, I think that it's okay to be passionate about it. It's okay to to really be focused and really want to achieve a particular goal. But you have to remind yourself that your your art is not all there is to life. There are many facets to life that make a life fulfilling and enjoyable and worthwhile. And um, doing creative pursuits is only one of them. It is um, not everything. Don't be so desperate to create that you forget about the rest of your life. You got to stay balanced, spend time with family, foster close relationships with friends and family, um, 
those things are the are going to be things that last you through the rest of your life and so you can't forget about you can't forget about those things um i've seen both in myself and in other people uh when you say i can't or won't do anything else except for this i'm i have to be making films or working in video in some some capacity Nothing else will do. I, I can't live any other way. That's not a healthy way of looking at things. And I had to deal with that and, and get past it. And what, once I did, it opened up a lot of potential opportunities for me because I was open to new experiences and new opportunities that previously I had artificially closed off and cut off from myself. So I wouldn't be where I am now and had the the opportunities to save money and, and pursue my business and all this other stuff on the side um, and and use money from my full-time job to fuel my business if I hadn't been open to that opportunity. If I had just b- continued to say, I won't do anything but video or film and then just tried to struggle and be freelance and whatever, I, I'd probably be way further behind than I am now, like ma- maturity-wise, you know, everything. So... And, and I've seen it on the far extreme, because my case is pretty mild. On the far extreme, I have a friend um, that I care a lot about, and he is a, an actor, and he's um, voluntarily homeless in Los Angeles, it, which pains me, because he says, you know, oh, this is what I want. I want to be pursuing um, acting. Uh, this I'd rather be doing nothing else. Um, this is what I want in life, but I know that he's not, even if he is temporarily happy right now in the short term, the thing is he's not, he's destroying the relationships with the people that care about him. He's cut, cutting off from other people. He is not creating any kind of, uh, uh, foundation for himself for the future. So he is, he's not planning ahead. He's not looking ahead. Um, because it's, it's silly to think there's no possibility that you could fail in your creative pursuits. Of course you could fail. Um, even if you're really hopeful, which I am, you know, it doesn't, there's always a chance that you're going to fail and that chance may be greater than you'd like to admit. Um, and in his case, um, he is not planning for that contingency at all. He's got nothing going for him. And I, I sincerely hope that he realizes he should change what he's doing but that's the extreme of thinking i i cannot do anything but pursue my art he is a slave to his art and that's not a recipe for a happy life or a fulfilled life i'd rather be a nobody working forever (laughs) as an unknown with people that respect me and I respect them that I love working with people that I I genuinely appreciate uh, and and creating stuff that I that we like then be somebody who is trying to rise up that ladder at any cost destroying my connections destroying my life being trampled on and treated like garbage Um, I don't think that's any way to live and um, if if how some of these famous people turn out is any indication um, I'm correct in that there is a cost to doing that. You know, look at Johnny Depp, you know, he's 
bankrupt. He's, I mean, he, he's not in good shape. And um, it's just an unhealthy lifestyle to pursue your art at the cost of everything else. And there, this is a little controversial, but there are clear indications of this habit to become a slave to your art, to your filmmaking, to want to climb up that that industry ladder, no matter the cost. In some of these, uh, like I said, people will. Tr- there are some people who will try and take advantage of you, right? And we've seen in the film industry, there are people who have taken advantage of women and different people because they know they'll do almost anything to get an opportunity. So they'll indulge themselves in disgusting behaviors and um, take advantage of women because they know that those people um, will do it in order to get an opportunity. And it's, it's terrible all around. So by not being a slave to your filmmaking, you also help prevent... Um, and cut off people who are willing and interested in taking advantage of others, and you um, just going to be better off. So, with all that, those are the 15 things I think we should think about going into 2020 uh, as filmmakers trying to grow and improve on our craft and make something of ourselves. I wish you all the very best with your pursuits in this coming year. I'll be right there with you working hard and trying to create some cool stuff. Yeah, that's about it today. So if you like this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would get, leave us a rating, uh, a review. Subscribe to us. We're pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts. And uh, there's an awesome lo- newsletter. Every week I email the newsletter and I'm sharing, you know, sometimes my spontaneous thoughts, tips, cool stuff that I find original writing uh, discussing different aspects of filmmaking that might be directing actors it might be visual storytelling it might be um, you know self-improvement type stuff it just depends and uh, there's also a Facebook community Facebook group that I've got going and that's a nice place to connect with other people and ask questions and get advice and that sort of thing so uh, I'd really appreciate if you get involved in the community and feel free to reach out to me and connect with me thanks for listening have a good one